If you'll open your Bible to Matthew 28 and just look at the the Great Commission as we get started. Matthew 28, we'll read from verse 18 to 20. In fact, let's um, let's back there. Let's start in verse 16. Matthew chapter 28, we'll start in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The disciples uh, worshipped Jesus, but some doubted. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, wow, this mission conference, missions giving, supporting missions, that all sounds great, but I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can make a commitment to support missions for a year. I don't know what's going to happen in a year. I don't know where I'm going to be in a year. I don't know if I'm going to still be employed in a year. Well, the disciples had doubts too. And yet, uh, they were obedient to Christ's command and and, uh, turned their world upside down. So, uh, it's okay to doubt. But we have to trust the Lord. And he's given us a job to do. He's given us a commission. Go and and take the gospel. Go and and preach to all people. and, And take them the message of the gospel. And baptize them and and teach them all that that Christ commanded us and and uh, get the word out accomplish the commission that Christ has given us and if you look over in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus met for the last time with his disciples and and spoke to them again just before he left to ascend into heaven his very last words on earth Acts chapter 1 verse 8 Jesus said to them, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in, and unto, and in Judea and in Samaria and unto, all, and, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. There's a key word in that verse. The key word is both. And it sounds a little funny. We don't say it exactly that way today. Uh, he says, "Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth." And the the idea there is that we're supposed to do that all at once, all at the same time, not one after another. You know, some people think, "Well, you know, let's let's just get our area right here evangelized, and when we've got that pretty good, then we can look at Judea or Samaria or another area, another part of the world. You know, the uttermost parts of the world. That's you know, we're right, right on the edge of that in Uganda. We can see it from, from Uganda. But uh, it's, not a, it's not a one after another sort of thing. It's an all at once, all at the same time thing. You know, they're supposed to be uh, evangelizing Jerusalem and all Judea. That's the surrounding area. But they're also supposed to be evangelizing Samaria at the same time. And that's a different people and different culture, and then at the same time, they're supposed to be taking the message to the uttermost parts of the earth. 
Well, how do you do that? You know, how does Grace Baptist Church do that? How do you evangelize Pompano Beach and Miami and South Florida area and the whole state of Florida and, you know, the other areas around the, the, the Hispanic countries to the south or whatever and, and the uttermost parts of the earth? How, how do you do that all at once? Are, are any of you personally doing all that at, at one time? Are you witnessing here, there, and everywhere all, all, all at once? Well, obviously we can't. You know, no one person can do that all at once. And, and even as a congregation, you can't, do, you can't be everywhere at once. So how do, you, how do you accomplish this? How do we accomplish the commission that, that God has given us? Well, we, we're going to have to send some people to some places that we can't go ourselves. And that's what missions is all about. Uh, of course you need to evangelize the people here in Pompano Beach and the, and the people right around wherever you are. That's your responsibility, and you, and you have to, to evangelize them, and you have to bring people to Christ, and you have to build up uh, the church here, here in Pompano Beach. And you have a responsibility to, to help start new churches around Florida and around the United States and wherever uh, God leads you to, to help evangelize this country. But you're also going to have to send some missionaries out to the uttermost parts of the world to, to, to take the gospel to those places at the same time that you're evangelizing your area here so that the whole world can, can get the message. Because just uh, the end of the end of October, the world reached a population of 7 billion people. And it's growing like crazy. And there's no way we're going to reach everybody with the gospel uh, if we try to do it one after the other. You know, once we get our area in America all evangelized and then we'll look at other other places in the world. We have to do it all, all at once. And uh, if we're going to send missionaries, then uh, th- that takes, that's, that's going to take some giving. It's going to take helping them go. Look at uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and the first part of verse 15. It says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? We have to send the missionaries. We have to send people to go and take the gospel to to the other areas, the other parts of the world. In Acts chapter 13, we see the example of the church in Antioch. And we'll see that again tonight, this evening in the in the video presentation, but in Acts chapter 13, the, the Holy Spirit uh, laid it upon the, the heart of the church in Antioch to send out missionaries. And, and they, they laid their hands on them and, and they sent them away. Sent them to go out and take the message of the gospel all over the world. What does that mean? They just gave them a good handshake and said, Brother, we're praying for you. You go out there and win them all to Christ. See ya. Is that what it means? They, they sent them away? I think it means more than that. I think it means that they contributed financially. I think it means that they, they supplied them with what they needed to be able to go and to take that message. They, they got behind them and supported them as they sent them. And that's what it's going to take to, to get the mission, to get the word out, to get the gospel out all over the world. We're going to have to send some people. And that involves giving. 
That means we have to give, we have to support, we have to help, we have to contribute so that they can go. Look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Says every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God expects us to give through our through our church and to support the work of the of the church, the work of God to, to get the the gospel out around the world. He lays it on our hearts uh, to give and and we're to give cheerfully and joyfully so that. The work of God can be accomplished. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. It says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. We're to give on the first day of the week, that's Sunday. We're to bring our offerings to the church. We're to, we're to contribute to the work of of the church to send the gospel all over the world, here, there, everywhere, so that everyone can hear and uh, people can be brought to Christ and saved. Now, we're in a recession. There's an economic crisis. And a lot of people are saying, well, I just, I can't give. I don't have, I don't have the money. I've lost my job. I'm on welfare or whatever. Uh, unemployment, and I just I don't have uh, the money to give. And you know, missionaries are losing support. Uh, we had to come back early from the field because of of a loss of support, and we're we've come back to try to get into new churches and to talk to our supporting churches about raising our support and try to build up the support that we need to be able to go back and continue the work. And I talk to missionaries all the time, missionaries I've met in Springfield or at mission conferences, and everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's lost support. Everybody's losing support. We, we get a letter about every other month from a supporting church saying, we're going to have to reduce your support. And um, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's hurting. And there's some missionaries who have just had to, to leave the field altogether and resign as missionaries because uh, they just couldn't make it financially. People say, well, uh, there's, no, there's no recession in God's economy. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he'll provide. And, you know, that's true. God does own the cattle on a thousand hills. If you look over in Psalm chapter, chapter 50, let's just look at that. Psalm 50 and verse 10 says for God is speaking here. He says for for the every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. God owns everything. He, he owns everything in the world. OK, but yeah, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills there. They belong to him. But let me ask you a question. What brand? What, what is God's? Brands look like. Do they still brand cattle in, in this country? I don't know. Maybe now they've gone to these ear tags. Okay, my uh, my wife's family were dairy farmers, and 
the cows up there all had these like plastic tags with some identification number clipped in their ear. What does God's uh, tag look like in, in the ear of his cows? Has anybody seen one or read it? Does it just say God or Jehovah or the what what's what's his brand? We have cattle keepers in Uganda, big huge horns, the Ankole cows and and uh you know, I've never seen one that said God on the side or something, you know. Seems like all those cows belong to somebody. The title of my message this morning is God's cows are in your pocket. Yeah, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that's true. But but somebody is taking care of those cows. Those cows belong to somebody. They have a person's brand on them. They have somebody's identification tag stuck in their ear. Some of those cows belong to Christians. Ultimately, God owns them, but but they belong to somebody. And God's commanded his people to give. He says in, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. That word give is a command. We're supposed to give of the resources that we have to accomplish the work that that Christ has given us to do, to send the gospel all around the world. Now, God could do it some other way, you know. I mean, God could rain down cows from heaven. They're his cows, right? You ever seen a, a hailstorm of cows? I've never seen that, even in Uganda. We've had some pretty pretty severe weather sometimes. We have our rainy seasons, and I've seen hailstones the size of large marbles, and you've probably seen hail and stuff come down here, maybe cats and dogs, I don't know. But I've never seen cows come down from heaven. Couldn't God do that with his cows if he wanted to? And supply and provide? Yeah, sure. There he is. You know, it, it's kind of a difficult line or distinction to make between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. And theologians debate that kind of thing all the time. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the economy and missions and God owns all the resources in the world and he'll provide, well, yeah. And he could do it in some miraculous way. He could rain cows down from heaven. But he doesn't do that. I've never seen it. I don't know of anybody who's ever seen anything like that. The way he's chosen to accomplish his will and his work in this world is through his people. God could evangelize the world without us. You think of the seven billion people in the world. And that's a that's a huge task for Grace Baptist Church in Pompano Beach, Florida, that you have the responsibility to make sure the gospel gets out to 7 billion people in this world. That's a big responsibility. And even if you, you know, put all the other uh, Bible-believing churches together and say, well, all of us combined together, we have the responsibility to see that all 7 billion people in the world 
hear the gospel. That's still a big task. A lot of people need to hear the gospel that aren't hearing the gospel right now. A lot of people are dying and going to hell without hearing the gospel. Now, couldn't God do it some other way? Couldn't he send angels? I mean, he's got hosts of angels in heaven at his command. He did that one day. He did that one time. You remember? We're coming up next month to to Christmas. We always read the Christmas story and talk about the angels who came and announced to the shepherds and, you know, the angelic choir singing in, in the heavens, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Couldn't God just send angels and evangelize the whole world? Well, sure, he could. But he doesn't do that. Why? Because he's given you and me that responsibility. He's given us the responsibility to accomplish what he commanded us to do. He told his people, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And the disciples and the, the early believers, they were, they were just like you and me. They doubted. They struggled. They didn't just immediately, you know, get it all organized and figure it all out and send out, you know, and say, okay, Peter's going to go here and John's going to go there and everybody, we're going to get this done. What did they do? They sat around in Jerusalem for a long time. You know what God had to do? He had to bring persecution to get them out of their seats, to scatter them, and uh, to get them out, started going in, in, in the direction he wanted them to go. God's given us the responsibility to reach this world for Christ. He could do it a different way, but he's given us that task, and he's going to do his work through us. And we can be obedient, and we can go, and we can give, and we can get involved in what God wants us to do, or we can be disobedient. And we can sit in our seats and we can hold on to our wallets and we can refuse to give. We can refuse to go and we can just say, oh, well, God will take care of it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's got lots of people and it'll get done somehow. And, and he may decide, OK, well, if you're not going to obey willingly and get involved, maybe I'll have to bring some persecution or bring some punishment to get you to wake up and see what needs to be done. And I believe that's part of the reason America is struggling the way it is today with the economic crisis and things like that. I think God is trying to wake up his people and bring some some punishment into our lives and help us to see that, hey, we we've got something we're supposed to be doing. And it's not just, you know, sitting around in front of our big plasma TVs and uh, saving money for the boat to, to go out on the you know, fishing and all that stuff. We, we've got a task to do. We're at war. We've got to take the gospel to all the world. And Satan's fighting against the missionaries and those who are doing that work. And things are not getting done. And people are suffering. People are dying and going to hell because they haven't heard the gospel. And missionaries are having to resign because they don't have support to continue the work. And... A 17-year-old girl with twins calls up Hope uh, Children's Home and says, I need some help. 
And they have to turn her away and say, I'm sorry, we can't help you because we don't have the resources. God's cows are in our pockets. God's resources are in your hands. And if you're not going to be obedient and give and do what God wants you to do, then his work is going to suffer. And people are not going to be saved and people are going to die and go to hell. Because you did not give, because you did not go, because you did not do what God wanted you to do with the with the gifts, the blessings, the the salvation, the financial resources that he's given you. America is still a great country. And we still have tremendous wealth and resources. We talk about poverty here in America. It's nothing like in Africa. Come over and visit and see. You'll stop complaining real quick. We have tremendous resources. We have, we have tremendous blessings. Churches everywhere and, and, and people who know the Lord. And, and God is, has blessed and rewarded us and given us resources and things that we need. And we, we have so much. And we complain we have to cut out a few things or some entertainment or some maybe eating out somewhere or something. And we think we're really suffering. We've still got so much. And God just wants us to, to be involved in his work and to accomplish the commission that he's given us and to do what he wants us to do. Look over in Ephesians chapter 5. This week, as we have the mission conference and we talk about missions and giving and what uh, what God wants to do through this church in the coming year, and we passed out these these cards, faith promise card. I will faithfully commit to give weekly to Grace Baptist Church missions the following amount, and there's different choices there, and we're going to be collecting this these next Sunday, and. Based on what's written on these cards, the commitments, Grace Baptist Church is going to decide whether or not you can raise our support so we can go back to the field and continue the work. And based on, on these cards, Grace Baptist Church is going to decide whether they can contribute to our Uganda Antioch project or to, to other mission works and other projects. And, and I believe this church has already made, had to make a decision that they're not going to take on any new missionaries. Because the resources are not there. The surplus is not there to take on new missionaries and still be able to do what you need to do for the missionaries that you have. So these cards are important. And what we write on these cards this week and what we commit to do for the next year is going to make a big impact on world evangelization and on people coming to know the Lord and people being saved and people being in heaven Orphans and, and children and men and women, people dying of AIDS. There's a hurting world out there that needs the gospel. There's so many needs, so many 
challenges and so many opportunities. I just want us to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. For the husband is the head of the of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Jesus is giving us a comparison. The relationship between husband and wife, and as the wife is supposed to be subject to the husband. Of course, that's changing a lot here in America these days. I don't know if that's even included anymore in the wedding vows and things like that. Uh, wife be submissive to the husband and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Sometimes we think that's a little bit outdated. And that's also reflected in our attitude in church, I think. Christ is the head of this church. It's not, it's not Pastor Brian or the church staff. They're ministers, they're they're. they're their, their leadership and their, their part of that, but Christ is the head of this church. What does that mean? What does the head do for a body? You know, the head tells the hand what to do. The nervous system and all that work. I mean, if the head is telling the hand to do something and the hand doesn't do it, or if the head's telling the feet to, to move and they, and they don't move, what do we call that? We call that a handicap. We call that a, a, a problem. Okay? The head wants the, the feet to move and the feet can't move. They don't go. We have to put that person in a wheelchair and somebody else has to push them around. That's a problem. Okay? So if the head of this church is Christ and Christ is telling his body, his, his people, the members of this church what to do, and the members aren't doing it, then that's a handicap situation. That's a problem. And that's why a lot of work isn't getting done. You know, crippled people, handicapped people, people in wheelchairs, they don't build a lot of buildings. They don't dig a lot of ditches. They don't get a lot of physical work done. They don't accomplish things in this world that they could accomplish if their body was fit and strong and, and able and they could... They could use it the way it's intended to be used. Now, I'm not trying to down handicapped people. I love them. God loves everybody, and they can do great and wonderful things, especially today with technology and things like that. But I'm just saying if the body doesn't work the way it's intended to work, it's limited. And if the church doesn't obey its head, Christ, as, as he's directing it and, and telling it what to do, then it's going to be limited. And it's not going to be able to accomplish what Christ intends it to accomplish. Do you understand? God may be wanting some of you young people to go out and be ministers for him somewhere. And if you're saying, I can't do that. I'm not going. Don't send me to Africa. <laughs> you know, then those feet are paralyzed. And the body's not going to accomplish. It's not going to go and it's not going to do what God intends it to do. Christ is the head of this church and he speaks to our hearts. He speaks to your heart individually and he impresses upon you what he wants you to do, whether it's a call to into full time service or into missions or into some aspect of ministry, 
whether it's uh, a call to go next door and witness to your neighbor, whether it's a call to reach into your wallet and give to missions or to give to, to Hope Children's Home or to give to a project or to give to something that God is doing in the world, or whether it's to take out a, a pen next Sunday and write something on this card and put it in the offering and say, I commit myself to do this for the next year. And that's hard. It takes faith. And maybe what God is speaking to your heart or maybe what he's going to be speaking to your heart this week, the amount that he's going to impress upon you to put on this card, maybe it's going to be scary. Maybe it's going to be something that takes a lot of faith. You know, here in America, we're so blessed and and most of our giving here in America over the years has not been by faith. It's just been out of our bonus, out of our, our, our bounty, our plenty. You know, it's just something we can put into the budget. And we know that at the end of the month, the money's going to be there and we can afford to do this. So we'll give this amount. And now things are a little bit harder, a little bit tighter. The budget isn't working out exactly like it like we wanted it to. A lot of people, uh, maybe their budget's like mine, where, you know, you, you put down all the things you have to do in the month, and then you look at the money that's available, and it's less than the bottom of the budget amount, and you go, hmm, this doesn't match up, this doesn't work. And then somebody's saying, well, you need to give more. Okay, well, where's that going to come from? How can I give more? I'm not even... I don't even have enough to, to meet my needs and, and to, to, to cover my basic budget. And that's why it's called faith. Faith promise. Commitment. And if God impresses on your heart, I'm praying that God will impress upon each and every person's heart this week what he wants them to do on this card next Sunday. And if God impresses upon you an amount, even if it's scary... Christ is the head of this church. He has a plan. He has something he wants to accomplish in this world for his glory. He loves Grace Baptist Church. And he loves each and every one of you members. And he has a plan. He has a purpose. And sometimes we don't understand how how it's all going to work and we can't Figure it out. It's like the pinky saying, well, I can't pick up the hammer by myself. Well, fortunately, the pinky doesn't have to pick up the hammer by itself. It's part of a hand. If the hand works together, it can pick up the hammer and it can do the work. And if you will just by faith say, God, I I don't understand how this can work. I don't have this money. But I really feel that you're impressing me to give a commitment of, of this amount for this year. And I'm going to make that commitment and I'm going to be obedient and and I'm going to, by faith, put that number down and trust you to provide that money every every week or every month. And I'm going to let you use me as one small member of this great body and accomplish your your will in this in this church and in, in the world. That's all, that's all we want. We just want you to be obedient. Just obey. 
what the head is telling you to do. And he can multiply the little that we have or, or what we give, the resources that, that we make available to him. You remember the story of the little boy with the, the five loaves and the two fishes, you know. And uh, Jesus said, we need to feed this crowd. What's available? And this little kid had a lunch and he was willing to give it. He didn't understand how that little lunch could feed 5,000 men and a whole crowd of women and children. But he gave it willingly. And God multiplied it. And God accomplished his will and his purpose. If we'll just be obedient. If we'll just listen to the head, Christ. If we'll let his spirit speak to our hearts this week. And if we'll say, God, I want to be used. I want to be a part of this body. I want to be a, an active part. I don't want to be a dead part. I don't want to be a numb finger or, or a, a broken toe. Or I want to be an active part of this body and, and what you want to do in this world. And I want to participate by faith in sending the gospel around the world and, and seeing missionaries go and, and uh, seeing these different projects and mission things uh, accomplished and and the children's home and, and the orphans. And, and I want to just be a part of what your plan is and what your purpose is for my life and for this church and for the cause of, of missions around the world. And I'm going to, by faith, allow you to work in my life this week. And I'm going to be obedient. And I'll tell you what, it may not make sense to you, you may not understand it, but it will be a miraculous thing. And it will, it will have a greater impact than you can imagine in the world and in the kingdom of God. So I, I just want to pray and I want to ask God to, to speak to our hearts this morning and throughout this week. And as our head, impress upon us and show us what he wants us to do. And I pray that we'll be obedient and willing. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your love, for your care, for your provision. I thank you for the joy of serving you as a missionary in Uganda, for seeing miracles and for seeing you accomplish things that I could never accomplish in my own strength. And to see the work grow and, and go on in, in ways that I couldn't imagine or plan. I thank you for the privilege of serving you, the privilege of being involved in your work. And I thank you for Grace Baptist Church here in Pompano Beach, Florida. I thank you for their love and support, prayers, special gifts. I thank you for the privilege of being part of this mission conference this week. Lord, this church has a great heritage of, of giving to missions and supporting missions and accomplishing great things for you and Lord, I know you have a great and wonderful plan and purpose for this church and for this conference this week. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through your Holy Spirit to the hearts and lives of each and every individual member of this church. From the youngest to the oldest, men and women, boys and girls, 
elderly. I pray that you would speak to each and every person's heart. Impress upon them. Show them clearly. Make it clear and evident in their hearts and minds what you want them to do is related to missions. Not only in giving of their finances, but giving of themselves. I pray that you would call laborers into your harvest fields this week. You'd call young people, men and women, retired people in this church to give their lives, to go and serve you, and to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish through their lives. I pray that they'll be obedient to that calling. And I pray that you'd show each person what you want them to give for the Faith Promise Mission's commitment. And that they'll make that commitment by faith. Maybe not understanding or seeing how it's going to fit in the budget or how it's going to work. But just trusting you that you can provide, that you can multiply resources and that you can make it fit and make it work if we'll just trust you by faith. And I pray that every person, every member of this church would would have the faith to be obedient. Lord, give us faith. Increase our faith. There's some who've never given to missions and they, they, they doubt and they fear and, they, and they're not sure whether they can do it or whether they can keep that commitment and they hesitate. And there's others who've been giving, but they haven't really been giving by faith. They've just been giving out of their, their surplus and, and what they can afford to do without causing inconvenience in their lives. But Lord, you want them to give by faith in a way that's much greater than what they've given in the past. Lord, I pray that you give them the faith to do that to trust you, to believe you for what you want to do through their lives and to have the confidence that you're going to accomplish that and provide in their lives. Lord, you want us to be dependent upon you. And so often we're dependent upon ourselves. We think we can do it all ourselves and we don't need your help. But you want us to be in a place of dependency upon you. I pray that you'd increase our faith. Help us to give. Speak to our hearts and show us what you want us to do. Use this week through the, the missionary messages, through the, through the presentations, the, the songs, everything that's done this week, Lord. I pray that you would use it to show us what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and the opportunities that you're placing before us to get involved. And help us to be obedient. Help us to step out by faith and do what you want us to do. Thank you for being our head. Thank you for your love and care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.